Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, I'm Shelby Scott, the host of Scare You to Sleep, a podcast where I tell you scary stories full of creepy sound effects and music that is soothing yet unsettling to help immerse you into a world of horror. This is a show for those of us who have realized Horror can be a strange but relaxing escape from reality. Speaking of escapes, sometimes I lead you through guided nightmares. Like a guided meditation, but instead of flowery meadows, I take you on a journey through your own personal nightmare. So come get lost in the terror with me. Now a proud part of the Bloody Disgusting Network, you can find Scary to Sleep wherever you get your podcasts. Sweet screams. Yeah. Right then, good evening everybody. On the first take, the first, wait, this is the first time we're recording here. We definitely didn't just record something and I just embarrassed myself. But look, it's Sam, it's Neil, it's Matt, it's Bow, there's four of us in the house and we've got four smiling United fans because United and the momentum in United keep turning in the right direction. We're speaking about the 3-0 win against Bournemouth. We're speaking about the 3-1 win over Everton. Definitely got those wrong <laughs> before. But look, there's so many football games, you can let me off. This is United playing every three days. Right now, we're about to head into a crazy period. We've got Charlton on Tuesday, City on Saturday. Then we've got Palace now on Wednesday. Then Arsenal away on Sunday. Add in the, uh, what the, is it FA Cup after that? Is it League Cup? I don't know. I don't even know. But look, Neil, welcome back. Missed you, mate. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad you still missed me because you haven't said welcome back at all tonight on any previously abandoned podcast. <laughs> Look, right, let me yeah. off, man. Something that, there is so much football you're allowed to. Look, <laughs> nice Bow, Bow, I, the good thing is, is that nobody actually saw me forget Bow's name. But no, how are you doing, Bow, down there? Yeah, yeah uh, you came to me last but one this time. Yeah, I'm good, mate. Good, good. <laughs> Another, I was going to say three points, but no. Safe passage to the fourth round. And Sam Kelleher, Sam Kelleher counting his money before... Mate. What is it with these oh. home draws? I mean, Reading in the Cup, you've got to be happy at the favourable draw, but it's just like... Constant. Oh, yes. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, like I was saying yesterday, you got to think by the end of the fourth round, three of Chelsea, Newcastle, Arsenal and City are going to be out of the Cup. Potentially, yeah. Liverpool, potentially Liverpool as well. I mean, um, they should already be out. That was a joke. We won't get into mm. that. But Matt, down there, you've got a big... Well, you've got, you've got a big smile. It's kind of like a semi-smiley face. You're wearing a shirt. You're looking chirpy. No, big smile. Uh, yeah, the games are coming thick and fast and we're winning. And we're playing well. Into the next round of the cup. All good. Hey, look, she was. She was. <laughs> uh, look, I completely forgot about the fucking Bournemouth game. <laughs> we can talk about, we will talk about the Everton game, but let's rewind a little bit for the Bournemouth game because arguably that was one of the best games we've had recently. Casemiro. Shaw and Rashford all on the all on the score sheet, all fantastic goals, all fantastic performances. 
and it was just like it was it was clean sailing for United and, and, and what was it it was Bournemouth it was Forest and it was Wolves three games where everyone was expecting us to slip up somewhere and we didn't man we just kept it just knocked it into second gear the whole way through it felt like I predicted that spot on it's weird actually I got those two spot on 3-0 for Bournemouth and 3-1 for Everton and it's because you can you can have that air of confidence now, can't you, Neil? In, in this in this United team and in how we're playing, you just you like we're going into the game against Charlton on Tuesday, right? And they're League One, they're twelfth in the table. I think they're nine points off the playoffs. You would expect United to just dominate that game, and they probably will. I've got confidence that United will beat Charlton. They should, should have. You really should have confidence that we beat Charlton. <laughs> I, I, I know that, that's weird, it's a weird thing to say, but what was that game? A couple of was it last year, year before? Who was it in the... It, was Rochdale. It was it Rochdale? There was one in Old Trafford as well. We lost on pens. Was it middle? No, we, you know, we got... Yeah, that was the FA Cup, but we beat... Was it Rochdale? I think we beat him on pens. We beat one lower league team in the Carabao Cup on pens. Oh, mate. I, I don't know. It's just these sorts of games. Obviously, the more important thing is what's coming next. Obviously, we've got City on Saturday. We'll focus on that in a little bit. And then we've got Arsenal away, and they've slapped Palace in between. But... This momentum, right? I think it's 17 games now since we played uh, City away. And in those 17 games, the only game we've lost is Villa. Uh, and we've had quite a few, we've had some tough games in there. We're now, what, equal third on points, I think, with Newcastle. Is that what it is? Mm, yeah, I think. Isn't that goal? I think that's right. I think it's, New, I think it's Arsenal, Newcastle, and we're equal with Newcastle on 35. I might be wrong, though. Just make sure you check that. But either way, United yeah. at this particular moment in time. Yeah, with, right? the, with the game in hand. With the game in hand. It's, yeah. it's looking good, man. It's looking good. The player I want to really focus on here, because there's quite a few we can focus on. We'll speak about it, I suppose, one from the more positive sense and one with the question marks around him. And from a positive sense, it's Marcus Rashford. It's just like game after game now. I think that's the first time he's ever in his United career scored five, game, five consecutive games. And he just looks... He's just, he looks more complete, I think I would say. Like 2019-20, he was in brilliant form. That was when it was him, Martial and Voldemort. They scored like 70 goals between them. Um, Rashford now, he, there seems to be more to his game. Is it just me thinking that or do, do you have the same? Like, Neil, what, what, what do you think about how Rashford's playing now? And what, I suppose what you expect in the, in the <clears throat> coming up with Rashford? Do you think he's just going to keep going? Has, has he got more yeah. levels to go to? Oh, absolutely. I think he's, um, when you see him, it just feels like he doesn't feel like there's nothing he can't actually do. I mean, he used to sort of do that sort of last season. He was just sort of running into blind alleys. He just couldn't seem to take anybody on. He just wants to take on two or three players at a time now and invariably beats at least one or two. He's got his shooting boots back on. It's just confidence. I mean, he, you know, quality player is a quality player, but there's always a thing, is he world-class? And I think, yeah, I think he's, this is when you start to have to sort of seriously have that conversation about Marcus Rashford and say, yeah, if he keeps this going. You, you saw what Casemiro said about him, didn't you? Like, Casemiro's like, I'm, honestly, I'm kind of... Didn't realise how good he was. Yeah, yeah I'm very, very surprised. And Martinez is backing it up as well. So Bear in mind who Casemiro's been lining up alongside for the last decade or so. That's, he that knows. Praise. He's like Mbappe. And Mbappe gets most of the plaudits. And I think Rashford has a lot of the same attributes as Mbappe. Direct, lightning quick. He's muscled up as well. That goal, that goal he scored was against Wolves. He yeah, was against Wolves, wasn't it? I mean, that was that was a proper number nine sort of like leg sort of concrete arm up, just sort of lent into the guy. Couldn't get near him. He yeah, he scored all kinds of goals. That's the other thing. You know, he got a tap in the other night as well. It was the uh, was at Bournemouth was a tap in, wasn't it? Essentially, but he's, yeah, yeah, he's scoring from all over the place. He's brilliant. He's just fucking brilliant. It's great I mean, to have him back. The type Smiling of goal, well. I, type of goal I want to see him score is the one where he's normally kind of honing in on goal, and he's got a bit of time to think and. The last few seasons, he just normally just thrashes at it, rather than using any type of composure or pick in his place. Um, and that, that's where that's where I want to see the the improvement in, in in his finishing. Clearly, he's he's riding this wave of confidence at the moment where he he feels invisible on the pitch, um, and he's playing like it. Um, defenders can't handle him. So long may it continue. Um, yeah, let's see what hopefully do it against the bitters on Saturday. Oh man, it's, I mean, to be fair, what he scored on his debut against City, I think mm. he's, he's got a cracking record against Liverpool. Rashford in, I think he scored twice at the Etihad. I think so. Um, he's got a good record against City. Matt, it's a, what it's. 
what would you say if you were Ten Hag? Would you would you be saying anything for him to try and improve? Because they talked about his heading, right? And he was working with Benny McCarthy, and then he scored two headers. I think it was against West Ham and someone else. Now, there's elements to his game that we've seen this season that we haven't really seen before from Rashford. That's what I mean about him being a more complete player. But if you're uh, Eric Ten Hag, are you just going to let him continue doing what you're doing? Or do you think there's something more that you've got to do as a manager? I think you've got to give credit to Marcus because if we'd have said, had this conversation in August, we'd have been thinking, nah, he's a long way off this. We, I called it in August and I said, there's two players here who've got a chance of going to the World Cup, Sancho and Rashford. One of them grabbed the horns and ended up in Qatar for the World Cup. The other one, we'll, there's, it's well publicised what's happened with him at the moment. But Rashford, I think we give credit to Eric, what he's done with him. But a lot of it's got to go to Rashford. He's got his head out the, the sand. He's got his head down. I don't see too much on social media with him anymore. You're into social media more than me, Sam. I don't see a lot of it on Twitter. But for me, credit goes to him. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think it's kind of unfair just to talk about Ten Hag and say, oh, look at all the magic that he's done. Ultimately, it's, it's Rashford. I think what we're seeing now is the Rashford we all expected to see after he had that shoulder surgery. And we were like, oh, shit, after he's going to come back. From that, everyone's expecting him to nail it. And we're all, fingers crossed, that Sancho, we can expect in the next, however long it's going to be. I don't think he'll be playing against Charlton. I imagine he'll feature at some point, maybe before the end of January. No one really knows. But we can all hope that there's a similar response. And for Jaden Sancho, he must uh, he must take a lot of um, comfort, I suppose is the word, in how Ten Hag has managed his last, last couple of months with him. He's, he's really sort of put his arm around his shoulder, let him disappear into the shadows. I think we've spoken about it a few times on the pod. And fingers crossed he does come back firing. But but where's the ball but, now with him? Where's the, the, which, what court is the ball in with Sancho? Jaden Sancho. There you go. With Jaden Sancho, man, I don't... Not that I'm saying that he used or had excuses before, but there was obviously something going on behind the scenes that none of us were really privy to. Yep. But that now has been given enough time by Ten Hag to sort of get your head around what the problem is, how to resolve it. And from this point on, Jaden Sancho's just... He's not, not that he has to crack on, but he has to... He, he's employed by Manchester United. He's a professional footballer. He has to get back to doing what he was doing so well at Dortmund. And he, well, he's never really done at United so far. I, I, said, I don't think it'll be against Charlton, but United, it's, it's a good time for Rashford, to, sorry, for Sancho to come back in, isn't it? 17 games, only lost one. The club at this moment in time, everywhere, is just on the up. And look, Ten Hag, this game against Charlton will uh, be out tonight by the time anyone's, everyone's listening to this podcast. What do you think about the team? Do you reckon he's going to put us? Uh, we'll go to go to you, Neil. Do you think he's going to put us straight up strong eleven? Because we've got City in what four days' time. Because I think he is. I, I'm not not that he's going to go full Mourinho and play like he's starting eleven every game, but I don't think he wants to mess about. Beating Charlton and we're into a League Cup semi final. Mm, oh, he, he seems to be the sort of the second. He's never a full second team, but the the teams he tends to put out are still very very strong teams because. All the players are better. Simple as that, really. Isn't it? Everybody is just playing better. So he can just play players that wouldn't... It's not that they wouldn't get a look in looking. These are decent players, really decent players. But we've got depth. We really do finally have a bit of depth. And I think he's got a real knack of rotation that we haven't seen in years. I'm not going to say since Fergie because that's my New Year's resolution, or one of them. Just stop talking about since... Stop sort of like prefacing everything with since Fergie. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, he knows how to, he's working his squad properly. The fact that you can take, what, 75 million quid striker, sorry, a winger out of sorts and put him in training on his own and still have enough firepower. I mean, look at, you know, look at what we've now got on the wings, for example. I mean, Sancho's not going to walk back in. He'd probably need to come in as a game like, you know, a game like this, Charlton. If he was back, this would be the perfect game, I think, to bring him back. He wouldn't want to bring him up against City or, mm. or Arsenal. I mean, he, but he's he got well he, he might be back. Like We don't know. He went, we know he's back in training, but I think he's only on individual training. As, um, as a first game back, you probably don't want to bring him in against City, do you? No. No, you definitely don't. Although he did score. He was scored City last year, didn't he? Was it away? I think it was. I remember yeah. Sancho scoring. I mean, I, I don't think he'll be back anytime soon. The, the Reading game is <clears throat> the the last weekend of January, the FA Cup. Um, and then also, depending on who you draw, you've got a double... Well, on the proviso you get through tomorrow. You've got a double legged um semi final as well. Um so it's 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 thick and fast, but after tomorrow we've got a 
a big 10 days, well, not even 10 days, well, from Saturday, Saturday, Wednesday, um, Sunday, Arsenal, with culminates. And I think those three games will tell us a lot what we need to know about this, the, um, the, the kind of the, the makings of this team. Are we, you, are we just going to be a typical team of the last few years where we get to this time of year, key fixtures come in and you go, you go and throw it away and now you'll, suddenly you're back in the, the mixer of the the top four race because at the moment, as we as we discussed last week, we've got that bit of a buffer now. To, to yeah, lowest. It's it, it's definitely the conversation that we need to have is because I've seen other people having it, and I think obviously it's premature. And we all know it's premature, but hypothetically, United come out of these three games against City, Palace. Now that Palace game, fuck's sake, Palace away is is like Wolves away. I I don't like it's it's never an easy mm. game. You might come out on the on the right side, but it's never an easy game, and to be shoved in between those two is not helping. But come out of the City, Palace and Arsenal with the right results. Are United in a title race this year? Well, can I just say, right, a mate of mine's a gooner. And he was in the pub with me watching the Everton game the other night. And he's starting, he would genuinely, I thought, this is just nonsense. But he's he's concerned about Arsenal getting top four. Like genuinely concerned, which seems, seems ridiculous. But if you look at, the draw against Newcastle has really, really... Bearing in mind, this is a Newcastle team banging form, spent loads of money, really, really good, great manager. Um, you know, we drew with him, I think, nil-nil. Yeah. That already has got the Arsenal fans really, really jittery because they're, they, they're waiting for the implosion as well. If you look at the run they've got as well, they've got Spurs, they've got us, they've got Everton, Brentford, and then City. So basically, they've had a run of relatively easy games. That's what he was saying. He thinks they've, it flatters them a little bit where it stands. I don't, for the record, agree with this. I think they're, they're comfortably they're going to get top top four, but I do see them dropping points now. It's just, it's, there is no, like, if you rewind a couple of years in the Premier League, City and Liverpool were, they were just untouchable. They were just like shadows that you were trying to grasp. Whereas mm. this season, you've got like, what is it? Everton drew at fucking City a couple of weeks ago and Everton are absolutely put. Um, Forest playing, well, Chelsea, there's no point looking at Chelsea. But yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not saying and I don't want to entertain and sort of push this concept, but the way that the Premier League has gone this year, every, everything is possible and anything is possible. And that's what I mean about these next three games because yeah. Bow's completely right in saying, look, man, like you can beat your Bournemouth and your Forest and your Wolves, but ultimately it doesn't matter if you go and get stung 4-0 by City at home and you lose a, a, a battling 1-0 defeat away at the Emirates and then you're just kind of back to square one. Yeah. But I mean, even, even if we win those games, you mentioned title race. And I've had this conversation with mates of other supporters of other teams. And for me, title races don't start until March. That when you're, you're in the quarterfinals of the domestic cups, you're the quarterfinals of the European competition comes and suddenly the games left are down to single digits, but you've got your, your tens or your nine games left. I think that's when a title race really hits. Um, because all you're doing at the moment is you're just keeping yourself in a conversation. The amount of times we saw... The Arsenal teams of yesteryear get to this place in January, and then they capitulate by come Valentine's Day they're already gone. So all you're doing is you're just keeping yourself in that conversation, and suddenly when those big games are coming, choose Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, and Tuesday, Wednesday. It, well, for us it's going to be Sunday, Thursdays, and providing we progress in the Europa League, um, that's when the the big shit's going to hit well, the fan. Well, I suppose I'll word it to you differently then, because if you rewind to, I think it was the start of 2021. So we two years that the January 2021, we were top of the league on 36 points. January 2023, we're going to be third in the league with 35 points. Right. So we're basically we're basically where we were under Solskjaer in that prime. And when when, when we went top of the league under Solskjaer, we had no fucking idea what to do. We we absolutely collapsed. City, I think, when then like won like ten out of eleven games, and we they lost absolutely... to Sheffield United at home, didn't we? Was that what it was? I can't remember what it was. It was it, it was, was yeah two 0 yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was it. We just went on a horrendous run because we didn't know what to do at the top of the league. As soon as we got there, we were like, oh shit, we we're so used to chasing people that when we're top, we don't really know how to hold this position. Now we're chasing still, so it's a little bit different. But what I don't know, just the belief that Ten Hag Matt as as sort of instilled into these players has, has led to these sorts of performances and he's got United fans not, I'm not saying I oh, start believing about title it's not what I'm trying to suggest but just the, 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 the thing I, is though right there's this season 
if we had, if we, like, I mean, it's a stupid thing to say almost, but I'm going to say it anyway. If we won the first two games, you're like three points off the top. You know, games that you would have expected to have won. You know, although you look at Brentford, you look at Brian, good teams. Brentford in particular doing well. Both of them, they're doing really, really well. This time, I mean, it, it does feel like a bit like Del Boy Trotter this time next season. Like this team <laughs> should be mounting a title challenge. Oh no! So but next, no one's, no one's next, right? next year, there's there's there is fuck all chance that Liverpool are this shit next year. Surely, uh, I think Chelsea. That well, Chelsea. They're just. Ed, uh, Todd Bowley looks like Ed Woodward re- reincarnated. It's brilliant. It's to hilarious watch. what's happening over there. It's genuinely really, funny. It's incredible. It's great to watch. But you expect Liverpool to be better. City will just be as as City are, and I imagine if Arsenal can build on what they've done, they'll be more. It feels like there's a bit of an opportunity this year. It probably came too early for us. It is too early for us, but. I don't know, man. In the, in the words of Lloyd Christmas, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it feels like. That that's what it feels like to me. Not not that I'm saying that this is a conversation Ten Hag's having with everybody, but it's just anything's happening so far in this top four, this top four, this title race. Apart from Arsenal, and we all like Neil, your Arsenal mate. I imagine that's exactly what all Arsenal players are doing as well. They, yeah, they're getting the jitters. They, they, well, certainly, they, certainly fans, I suppose. Again, you know what I was saying about United didn't know what to do when we were top of the league. Arsenal have shown something different. I expected them to have a little bit of a collapse. Well, after also, that. don't forget, if they beat Oxford tonight, then they've got City in the cup. Yep. They'll, they'll probably be playing City back-to-back. Yep. That's a very good point. Matt, yeah. Matt you're, normally, you're, you're normally far more level-headed than anybody else, right? Can you speak to me about this sort of new sense of belief that I've got? Not that I've not about a title belief, but just... A belief in this the United team actually turning up in, in in these games and even against City and Arsenal. Go Bring back. us down to earth, Matt. Punch it up. No, you gotta go back to Ten Hag's early days in Ajax. It was about winning that first trophy. And this team hasn't won anything. And that's what you need. You got the chart on tomorrow night. We talked about the team. It's gonna be a strong team. It will be a very strong team tomorrow. Get the job done. Man United, get the job done. And then we bounce into Saturday. It's all about momentum. Moment and that the momentum's we got. We can change the fullbacks at the moment. That's how good our replacement fullbacks are. We can change them at the moment. I'm suspect on the centre half. I think Martinez needs minutes. So I think here play. I think Delo needs minutes here play. Although Wamba Zaka probably deserves another game at the moment. Uh, but it's that first trophy, and we're that close to it. We are close. Beat Charlton. You're in a semi-final, and you're and you're one step who, or who, two who's steps the other, away. Who's the other two two teams left in it? Be the City. City. Uh, um, Leicester and Newcastle probably. Yeah. So, right. yeah. United, Charlton, Newcastle, Leicester, Southampton City, and Forest Wolves. Oh yeah, mate. You just you're just looking at a, if if you can somehow avoid if you get past Charlton and you avoid City, you're into a, a, a straight one game against Pep at Wembley for a title, and it would be it would be a, a great start. Um, it, 2017. Last time we won a trophy, it's 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 a good old like a long time ago. And you're right, a lot of these players don't know what it's like to win a trophy. And you get past Reading, day, and who knows what then in the FA Cup? There's some big teams going out or have gone out. Get through Barca, and then you're thinking, I wish I lumped on the treble, which I spoke to Bal about last night. He's still, <laughs> he's still not told me the odds yet. But you get through these games, you get especially the Barca one. It's game on. I generally believe it's game on, and in the cups. Really is the league no chance. I love this. No, no. I don't think the, the league sensible, says Sam. Bring us down mm. to earth. Yeah, it's been <laughs> fucking treble. <laughs> <laughs> Even Matt's lost his mind. <laughs> it's it, that, that's when you know that the belief is really going through fans. Yeah. Right? I tell you what, it mate, it's it's nice to have something to. <laughs> The next few years, just we're we're at the very start of it, right? We're we're six months into this Ten Hag process, right? Where could we be in 12 months' time? We're going to have new owners. We're, we're, the Glazers are about to leave this fucking club. We're about to have a transfer window without the Glazers being in charge uh, where we are going to go out. And whether it's Harry Kane, whether it's Osiman, whether it's somebody else, we are going to spend big money on a big striker. We are going to spend probably big money on another central midfielder. We are going to plug... We are going to have, a suppose, a window... A little, not not similar because I don't think we're as good as Liverpool were before they bought Van Dijk and Allison, but it should be a summer like that. Where it's really like it's kind of obvious areas in the squad where you need strengthening, and boom, you just go about you go out and buy the best. That's what United will do this summer. It's good, man. Not this summer, but it's January. We're 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 quite the opposite, aren't we? We're we're scraping the barrel. We're in the loan market. We've got no money. We couldn't afford Cody Gakpo. 
couldn't afford Jao Felix, who's gone to Chelsea. Let's have a little, we'll have a little mini conversation about Jao Felix before we speak about Val Vekos. But, mate, Chelsea, as I, as I said there, we got a little giggle. Yeah, mate, what they have, I think they spent like 400 million since Bowley came in in the summer. Like, they have been going bananas. I think he actually resigned. <laughs> it's really weird, actually. But I think you shared it, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It's like, Jao Felix got signed, or didn't get signed, but David Ornstein announces about Jao Felix is going to Chelsea. And like two minutes later, Todd Bowley's announced that he's not going to be their sporting director anymore. He's going to step aside. Almost like it was his last. Oh, this is the last one I want. Honestly, I swear it's the last one. <laughs> I want Jao Felix. What do you mean? What do you mean you want Jao? No, I want Jao Felix. I've seen him. He looks good. He's what we need. I'm not sure of it. No, fuck off. I'm getting, I'm getting Jao Felix in, right? It, it, rem it reminds me of, you know, that drunken night in the casino when your mate's down about 400 quid and he, it, it's my last trip to the cash machine. Just, just the last one. One last no, you're going to regret it, mate. You're going to regret it. No, no, fuck off. This, this is it. This is one. It's 200 quid. I can feel it. It's 200 quid. Please, it's please buy players responsibly. <laughs> when the fun stops, just mm. resign. You know what I mean? Just resign. But like, Chelsea's, Chelsea's injury list. That's quite bad. Yeah, so we like can sit there and look at the demise of Chelsea. But the players they've got out on where, the way Potter's built that system is very much key on the fullbacks, and they're not there. Both of them are not there. I can't so, Chelsea's Look at us all just trying to laugh at Chelsea, and then Matt comes in. You, you punctured that bloom. We were, we were, come on, let's let's laugh at Chelsea. Yeah, but, Jesus. But, but Matt, injuries happen to everyone. Injuries are part and parcel of football. No, now, there's that's a club. That's a horrendous list for the... Chelsea. That's an horrendous no, no, but they, list. But they got they got some they got rid of some of their medical staff. And they haven't replaced him. And then they've suddenly tried to play oh. this. Football. Yeah, how about that, Matt? Suck on those apples. <laughs> they're, and suddenly they're trying to play fantasy football in the market, just signing left, right, players left, right, and centre. I'm pretty sure there's a medical division at Chelsea. What crap are you coming out with here? They've sacked the doctors all of a sudden. They, yeah, what's, what's that? And they, they've installed NHS, have they, they or what? Really? <laughs> there's people like... like no, start people running to Google to help you out. Oh, he's, he's there. He's already gone, mate. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm still... I can't believe we, we let suck on those apples go, to be honest. We're mixing a couple of metaphors there. Oh, mate. I'd like those. a suck on that Chelsea, Chelsea, players like concerned, Chelsea players concerned by injury crisis after medical team revamp. There you go. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. revamp. So, I had okay. Left the closet. Sucking on apples, by the way. I'm just thinking about sucking apples now. It's, it's well. My mind works in mysterious ways sometimes. They're called so just to confirm, you said metaphor. Chelsea don't have a medical department and now it's a revamp. So which one is it? No, so basically you said, that's what I said. I said they got rid of some doctors. So he's, yeah. he's bought, he's reshuffling the whole system when he knows nothing about football. That's the thing. So no. at the moment, he's playing with it, playing with that club like they're, they're a little toy. But I don't, I don't give a shit about them. Fuck them anyway. <laughs> anyway, like Joe Felix is not coming to United. Uh, Chelsea but are paying... I think like 15 what, mil for a five-month Do you think we need Jalfi? I mean, that's the thing. In the, I mean, he's kind of would be a backup to Bruno, right? I'm guessing. Yeah, well, yes, he kind of he could operate as a false nine, but he, he's not a striker in any way, shape, or form. Same as, neither Gakpo. I don't. I mean, there's players that we've sort of been linked with that yeah, they would strengthen your squad, but they're not. Now G Gakpo could have understood. I mean, he played centrally for Netherlands at the World Cup. Uh, I think he could have been moulded into that position. But Neil, did yeah, you just say backup to, to Tony? No, to Bruno. Right, then. That's okay. We don't need a backup to Tony. Yeah. We need someone to replace Tony. Well, we got. Oh, well, I'll bring him back down to earth. We need someone to replace Tony. Yeah, he's back. He's back. <laughs> We're going to fucking anyway. travel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice logical conversation here uh, on United People's TV. But uh, Wood Wood It looks like United are going to get him. Uh, Besiktas have, I think, rejected the first attempt by United to try and sign him. But we'll get him. I think they want like 35% of the loan fee. Uh, if you look at Jao Felix, it was going to be around about 15 million euros for a loan until the end of the season. Five months, isn't it? Five months, yeah. basically. Five months, 15 million euros. That's what plus, Chelsea plus, paid. Plus wages, which are astronomical. No, I think it's 15, including wages. I think they got it down to 11 as a fee and then whatever his okay. wages are on top. Right. But about uh, vehicles, it doesn't really matter about the price. It matters about the player. What's uh, There's obviously been some negative reaction from... Uh, some United fans immediately saying, oh, fucking, oh, what are we doing here? Blah, blah, blah. I've compared United to the kid who's forgotten his PE kit and he got to go through that bin and just like pull stuff out and just hope it fits you. That's kind of what United are doing this January. But of all the people we've been linked with, you mentioned Joe Felix there, kind of like, is he really what we needed? Cody Gakpo, is he really what we needed? For a lot of people, their course is kind of exactly what we need. 
and the profile fits. He does have a pressing game. Yeah, he didn't score goals at Burnley, but shit, they didn't score goals. They got relegated. They don't score goals at Burnley. Yeah, no one's scoring goals at Burnley. Besiktas this year, I think he's got like eight goals and four assists in 19 games. And obviously, scored those two goals, in, including arguably the best goal at the World Cup was that goal against Argentina. Oh, very clever. Yeah. Very, very clever. Uh, what's what's your take on it, lads? Do you think it's are we looking at a good short-term signing? Is this just a panic stopgap? Do you think Veghorst could have some sort of impact on the second half of the season? Because that's effectively what we need, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly he's not where Igalo was in his career. Are coming from the other side of the world where he's just making his last payday? He's younger than Zlatan. And I think I saw a thing where last season... He had the most presses in the, yeah, the whole of the Premier League or whatever the sample of the the the, um, the quote that they had. It, it was, was most top. presses. Uh, it was in the Premier League, most presses per 90, and he was top of the list ahead of Dendonka and um, Kulisevsky was on that list. But yeah, he was number one. Yeah. So I think he just gives us another di- dimension. I don't think he'll start week in, week out. I think that will probably be Martial uh, to the end of the season. Um, it is what it is. Um, but suddenly, if you're you're drawing a game, suddenly you and you need to then suddenly go direct. You've now got an option, some muscle, some size. Who you you now can can suddenly start playing a bit more direct. But um, I, I do I, I, no, I think obviously the fact that he's six foot six, you're looking at you are completely right. He's going to be like a Fellaini type player that you can bring on because I know I know you you're a big fan of Fellaini. So <laughs> get the elbows out. <laughs> but. He's actually he's a better footballer than that. He's and I'm not just saying that because we might be signing him and I'm hyping him up a little bit. But he he's got four assists so far this season at Benfica. He can play some decent ball and the fact that he can play that pressing game. I know you're saying about Martial starting every game. I, mean, I could easily see this Veghor situation being that he comes in on a short-term deal, crushes it, and then we end up signing him at the end of the season. And all of a sudden we've got a player there who's going to be relatively cheap. Probably like somewhere in the region, like ten mil, who really bolsters our options, and then we go out and we sign a Harry Kane or a Victor Rossiman, and all of a sudden next year we're looking at Kane, Veghorst, and Martial as your options up front, which is significantly better than what it is now. But it's um, I think weirdly, weirdly it's worked out. I think of all the players we've been linked with in January, Matt, from Vincent Abubakar to uh, was it Chupamuting from Bayern to Ja Felix. I think Veghorst for me is the one profile-wise, and that's quite important to me now. I think it's something that Ten Hag's got completely right with his signings. Veghorst wants to play for the club, man. He really wants to play for United. It's just the same as uh, August, isn't it? When we was in for Rabio and Altovic. Same as this window. We was allegedly in for Felix and someone else. And the right player who Ten Hag wants comes along. Uh, a price that, yeah, obviously we're in that basket, like you said, at school. The lost property basket, and but uh, same as Bow, that that stat, the most presses, that's the way Ten Hag plays. I think you could move Tony out onto the left as well as another option. Uh, but with Ray Rashford, if Rashford needs a rest, etc. But the concern for me up top is Anthony still. I, I mentioned it last week. I want to throw him under the bus again because what I saw in Everton in that first half, and the jury's out for me. And I and I know I'm quick to do it. I'm bringing it back down to negativity in a way. The price tags are relevant. I don't, I just don't, I don't get what his style of play is. Unless he's got a fullback overlapping, what's his style of play? I'll be honest, quite relevant, but not really in the sense that you burn through your your war chest and you're you're going out to sign strikers from the pants drawer, as you call it in in school. It's not. It shouldn't be held against him for being worth that money. But that is where we spent mm. the majority of our budget. I think I've said this to you before, and I stand by it. Mate, if, if he costs 40 million, I don't think many people would be saying too much about him. I know you'd be like, you'd have gripes about him, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as intense as it is now. It's the price that has raised expectations on immediate oh. game-winning performances. But Garnacho does it, and he's a kid, and he's fearless, and he gives it a go. The way, I don't know, you probably didn't see it on TV, and you might have done... But him and Bruno went to blows against Everton, arguing over two things. A pass that Bruno played outside, which Garnacho wanted inside, and another time he didn't pass it at all. He had a shot which went closer to the corner flag. And Garnacho let him have it, both barrels. 
And when Bruno tried to talk to him, he just turned his back. Literally, Argentinian, turned your back, and I'm not talking to you. But And that's that's the arrogance, that's the bit of... And he won the penalty. Run at him. Anthony's got pace. It's just like he's afraid. And is the stage too big? We don't know. He's played for the biggest club in Holland. He plays on the national stage for the one of the biggest uh, countries in the world. But for me, without the low overlapping, he's a one-trick pony. I mean, but, but we know we, we know he's not. Like you saw him at the World Cup, bow, right? And when he mm. came off, I, think, I can't remember what game it was. He came off the bench for Brazil, and he was he was nutmegging people. He was taking them on. He was getting fouled left, right, and centre. I was like, oh shit, there he is. Mm. He's right there. So mm. it must be a confidence thing, surely. Yeah. Didn't he I mean, say that what... he had a big personal issue? Yeah, you, uh, I think the, the the press got hold of it. He had a car crash on New Year's Eve. I think he totaled his BMW. I, they they breathalyzed him. He's completely fine. Nothing was untoward about it. It was, just, I think, just a bit of shit, a bit of driving. Um, and then he got left out for the Bournemouth game, came back in, scored good positioning for the for the goal against Everton. But Matt, I know where your frustration's yeah. coming from. I, I, I do know where your frustration's coming from. But I think, I think, I, th- I think it's related to the price tag quite a lot, though. And I think also it's a case of, he's a young, you mentioned Guy Nacho, Matt, but Guy Nacho's been playing in England for how long? From, even, even okay, yeah, it's youth level. A reserve level, you but you still kind of getting an an, he, an idea of kind of what he kind hasn't of, played Champions League, League football before. Physically. He's not played Europa League before. He's played under nineteen for Argentina. But Matt, continental it. football is different to Premier League football. We know that for a fact. Yeah, the, how many Premier League games has some he had? Some of the some. Who, Garnacho, how Anthony. many Premier League games has he had? Ten. No, no, but I'm I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm the point I'm trying to make is. Garnacho has played in England for a number of years. So that step up to the first team is going to be a lot, I would say, is a lot easier probably from reserve level to the first team than coming from another European league. Because if you look at the likes of Fabinho, Bernardo Silva, they got, they look at their, look at their appearances in the first six, seven months of when they joined Liverpool and City, they hardly played. They were just eased into the team. Casemiro so, took him a month. And oh, this is a multiple... So just, so just to confirm then, Martinez, the centre-half, is he seven months into a good United career? I know he had two bad games and he got the hang of it. He manned up. But, but he's he's old. He's, he's a bit older. So <sighs> just, it's not one size fits all, is it? It's not about age, is it? Of course it is. It's, of course it's, it's not. It's, it's experience. It's not about age um, at all. About experience. They both were at Ajax together. What What, what is it that he's not doing... That you think he should be doing, and, and that if he did, you'd be like, "All right, cool. I'll give him. I'll be. I'll give him." He's a playing fair against time. Mikalenko in the FA Cup, and he runs at him. Go, oh shit! Turns round and plays it back. Watch that. Honestly, watch that first doing. half again. Yeah. What? Please just watch it and watch him for that first half. Everyone in the Stretford end was getting the raving ump with him because he kept coming. I could have. Fred, my son, Freddie could have marked him that first half. No, I'm. I'm, I'm not. It's not, not, it's saying... not about the price tag at all. Far from it. But to say he's young, I he's think... not played in England before, he's done. He's travelled the same length as Martinez. Martinez. Right, different positions, etc. But Martinez has rolled his sleeves up and you know what? I'm having it. But look, he's got four goals in nine starts. I know that you can't hold on to yeah, stats. Yeah, no. But in, terms of, in terms of a return, that's, that's, that's not fucking bad. And he scored on his debut. Cracking goal against Arsenal. He scored in his second game as well. Hey, look, man. I've... Ten Hag has given me belief. He's shown it with Casemiro, with Eriksen, with Madisir, with Martinez, with all the fucking hits he's had in the market. I'm expecting Anthony to be a hit. It's just it's a bit of a, a slow burner by comparison at the start of what you might expect from a player who did look so much more confident at Ajax than he does now. You're right. There is He's not quite there yet. Not 100%. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's something going on there in the same way it's gone on with Jaden Sancho. But imagine when fucking Sancho's firing. And Anthony's mm. firing, and we actually get you know a genuine striker and add it into the rest of the team that's being built. So you you can see where the progression is going to be next, Neil, can't you? Yes. Yeah, so World, World, <laughs> World, World, World Cup. Twenty twenty six. Ah, children, children, lot of you. You know what? You were saying just before we came on, right? The as it, as regards sort of signings and whether I think it's a good idea, I've basically given up my opinion on this one i have that much faith in the manager that if you say you want route route web course and fuck it get him then you, you know what you're doing like i don't i think you just got to basically 
show some we, we we do we clearly got faith in the manager and i think he does know what he's doing he's clearly a very good coach he's got a lots of i mean i and he's, i i agree with you i think rashford is down to rashford but also he's getting coached a lot better i think i think he's getting a lot more direct instruction like very specific yeah. of what he wants from him and then rashford like all right cool go out and do it rather than just saying <clears throat> go out and play football and just mm. do what you want um, for, for that reason i think anthony will come good i think you know, it, i mean yeah, he's obviously he's got a lot of quality, but it's just I don't know a I transitionary mean, period. Trusting Ten Hag in that sense, if he's like he's managed him at Ajax, he knows probably this kid inside out. So you know all his good traits, all his bad traits, and for him to come to United, Ten Hag that is, and spend pretty much half your transfer budget on this one player that you've chased all summer and you want him, then there's got to be something in him. Um, and like we, and we like we were trying to pick faults. I think before we came on air, in terms of things um, that we'd wish Ten Hag had done differently, and we were going back to pretty much the first two weeks of the season or, or the summer. Um, yeah. So I think jury's out for me massively. Um, give him time. Give him time. I, th I think the, the point you mentioned there is a really important point. Um, Ten Hag was a manager when he came from Brazil to Ajax and we we know that Ajax to Man United is a fucking huge step up but to go from what he was doing and where he was playing in Brazil to Ajax is a, is a completely different that was his first venture away from home and he was the man the manager who helped him settle in that environment so if he can do it there odds are he'll be able to help him navigate what's gone on at the moment maybe Ten Hag just hasn't had the time to be able to do that he's been focusing on on Sancho he's been focusing on this Ronaldo situation maybe he hasn't been able to to give as much direct time to Anthony, but I've, given what he's done so far with everything else, with everybody else, I think that Anthony will come good by the end of the season. Maybe he can bang in a goal against City again. Remember that? But it's probably like one of the goals of the season, City away, and just didn't even just got forgotten about. Just like, the ghost of the game was that goal. But no, it's um, it's cracking. There's a, a point I want to finish on here is um, ownership. Uh, it's kind of gone a little bit muted in terms of new owners. Uh, but this story breaking on Monday evening from Bloomberg Business, which I think is the same place that it broke the news about the Glazers actually putting the club up for sale. And they're speaking about Qatar investment in the Premier League, saying that uh, so it's Qatari sports investment. Uh, the, well, it's just like that's the, that's the Qatari fund from the government. It's their way of just, you know what they're doing, trying to spread their economies. They obviously own PSG uh, and the article says that they are interested in buying at least, uh, we don't know whether it's a minority stake, a majority stake, some sort of stake in a Premier League club. Uh, the, um, what's his name? Is it Nasser Al-Khalifi, uh, the PSG chairman? Same? It's Khalifi, yeah, I think it is. Uh, he met with Daniel Levy last week. Uh, but of course, um, Abraham Glazer has been in Doha twice over the last three weeks. Uh, and he, did, he wasn't going over there for a holiday. He wasn't going over, the, over there to watch football. So you can kind of put two and two together. Uh, just a, one final little conversation here from everyone on on this. It's not Middle Eastern state ownership because they're not technically all states, but Qatar. Is, is that something that just kind of falls in line with Saudi Arabia? It's something that you wouldn't want? It, it, I think we've spoken about it before. I've kind of not come at peace with it, but I think I've just realized that that's surely going to be where we're going. Mm. I, I just don't I really mean, see anyone else. Just firstly, from a logistics point of view, they can't own two clubs who potentially could ever come into competition with each other. So if they arguably did buy United, United wouldn't be allowed to play PSG in any com club competition. So suddenly if we're up in the Champions League, what are you going to do? There must be some sort of... UEFA, UEFA aren't ever going to do, oh, Manchester United and PSG cannot be drawn against each other. Never. That's not going to happen. They've never done it today. On a minority stake, though, would you be able to... But why would anybody in their right minds, business owners, put a minority stake into Manchester United and let the Glazers make all the decisions? They are shit businessmen. It's a very good point. But it's a, I think that there's been rumours of like, with Beckham as the face of it, and I'm like, well, what's Beckham doing? He's, he's got a team out in the MLS. He's busy already. It's all kind of um, conjecture at this moment in time still. Well, what are we? We've, I think... November the 23rd, roughly, was when the Glazer statement came out. So we're, what, about six, seven weeks after it. There's not been any concrete... I remember, Jay, was it James Ducker from The Telegraph said that um, 
Jim Ratcliffe was going to put a bid in. It's all gone quiet on the Jim Ratcliffe side. I don't know whether he's got enough money for it. But uh, Matt, I'll ask you because you're you're a level-headed man down there. You can bring you can bring us all down to earth. Treble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned the date there, Sam. November. It's no no coincidence that to date, just check the share price is ten dollars higher than it was. So this is more or less twenty three dollars now. Uh, I did hear or read somewhere that the talk is Glazers want to sell it with United in the Champions League. So you are looking at April time by knowing that. So obviously they get more money for it, and that's what they're in it for. I don't know how much more money they'd sell it for, but they're business people. At the end of the day, it's as simple as that. And you moan about them, you can hate them, you can sing, you want to kill them, you can sing that Malcolm's in a box, whatever you want to sing. They're business people. They're in it for the money, and until they get the right money, I know the skint, and rightly so. You've mentioned it a few times now that we're losing money each week, but it's no coincidence that the share price has gone up by that much. We're up for sale. I think there's something happening behind the scenes, but I don't know if it's waiting for March, April to find out if we're in the Champions League. Well, everything we've heard so far is that the Rain Group are looking for a sale in Q1. So that's by the end of March. So that'll be before anything mm. is confirmed from Champions League perspective. But it, that, that's what I mean about... I think that's. I genuinely think that's part of the reason why I'm kind of getting so hyped by what I'm seeing with Ten Hag right now. Because I know full well that we're about to go into the post-Glazers period and we're going into the post-Glazers period with the best manager we've had post-Fergie, with currently the, probably the best-looking squad of players in terms of how mm. they're playing we've had post-Fergie, it's timed well. It's done, imagine we were going into Glazers and we had, uh, I don't know, we had Solskjaer in charge. Or it just like, some, and so there were different points at this club's recent history where it would have been far worse than what we're about to go into. And I think that's definitely part of the reason why I'm, I'm getting so excited about it. And yeah. We're in the treble. We're in no. We're in no. No, we're not winning no. But like, it'll be nice to get a trophy this season. It really yeah. will be. It might. It might only be the fucking league cup, and it won't change. It won't do anything, really. But it will be the beginning. It will be something that Ten Hag can point to with every single one of these players going. I want more of that. You want more of that. Let's go on this journey together. But fingers crossed, we get past Charlton and we don't slip up. And we'll be back here next week after the game against City. That is a real. In my in my opinion, City. This season, I wasn't looking at City and Liverpool as the measure of where United were because I thought that they were still going to be on the levels that they were last season. They've both shown they're kind of fallible this year. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Rachel Fisher. And I'm Desi Jenikin. And we host Hollywood Crime Scene. Our show is about the salacious crimes and scandals of the rich and famous from the early days of Hollywood to the 21st century. We also cover Los Angeles history, true events that inspired movies, interesting biographies, and more. At the end of the week, we drop our mini episode, which recaps the news everyone is talking about, plus the weirdest stories of the week from around the globe. We also talk about food a lot. Subscribe to Hollywood Crime Scene wherever you find podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. So City, it should be a good game on Saturday. What, uh, what, are, what are our predictions for the derby? Uh, I, I think we'll come off the back of a of a tough defeat. Just off the back of just, I, I think, I think just off just off the back of it. But I'm telling myself that. Makes myself feel better. I think we're going to win two one. There you go. Make me come on. Mm, two one's always the kind of hedge your bets one, isn't it? Two one. I'm going to go two I one. Mean, the only reason I well, two reasons I'm, I'm I'm a bit slightly confident is one, the form we're in, form Rashford's in, how how are we defending, but more so just there's something not right about how they play City at the moment with Haaland. Mm. Someone, someone's made this point, like, okay, well, yes, he might get two chances and score one goal. But I think it was Chelsea. I think I don't know if you, you mentioned it, Neil, in the chat. First 20 minutes, he had no touches of the ball against Chelsea. Um, and if you look at City last year, look at the goal they scored yesterday against Chelsea. Pass, 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 move. That that doesn't happen with him in the team because suddenly they're trying to play to, to one-man strengths. Um 
Is he there, Ronaldo? It's famous last words because he's going to go and fucking score a hat trick now on Saturday. <laughs> oh, um, but um, yeah, that, that's my only thing. Like, they they don't look unbeatable at the moment. They're not. They're certainly not playing their early season form. Folden's not in a rich reign of form that he was. Um, Who is so, in form for them? Um, see, um, presumably De Bruyne is going to have a Mares playing well at the moment. Grealish. Decent assist versus Chelsea, but look, they've got so many options. So many oh. options. Um, I think it'd be a, a tough, tough game because purely for the get the fact that how str- much stronger they were and how comfortable they won at Old Trafford last year. How comfortably I, they beat. I'll tell you one thing, right? It. Going into this game, this, this is going to be the first time that I, I can't even remember the last time we could have had this conversation. Is we, I'm going in thinking, you know what? we might be able to win the midfield battle. Uh, we're actually mm-hmm. going to have a midfield against City because that's what it's mm-hmm. been. It's been watching De Bruyne and Silva just, Stroll through. Just, piss, just piss all over us every single time and just begging that something happens. Whereas this time, Casemiro is going to come in and just... Uh, he's, he, will, he will not want to lose this game. Eriksen will be mm-hmm. in there. He'll be our De Bruyne-esque player. Bruno Fernandes, hopefully, will be the Bruno Fernandes who has been impacting games this season. Yeah, I suppose I'm just coming in. I'm being pessimistic because it's City, right? Uh, I can't help it. In a way, we've got we, nothing to lose because we're we're way considered against considering the start of the season. We're way further on than I think any of us thought. That's what I mean. Way. That's what I mean. That's why I agree with that. That's what, as a, as beating City was, was not the week. measure of success this year. So I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think it is a bit of a free hit. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, two one, United. Right. And then one, right. then we're one point, then we're one point, and then Arsenal implode, and then we'll win it, and then we'll get the treble. And then, what, the quad? You say the quad the next quad. season, we'll get the quad. Yeah. yeah. Matt, you started this, all right? You did this. <laughs> the voice of reason, Matt. And next week's guest is Prince Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ginger Look, swine. Thanks very much for joining, uh, lads. Uh, it's good to have you back, Neil. It's good to have smiles on our faces. As I said, 17 games since City, we played them last time. We've only lost one of them. Let's find out next week if we're coming in off the back of another one. Fingers crossed we're not. And if we beat City, ooh, baby. Sports Social Podcast Network.